Welcome to the Field Sales Leadership Guide podcast, where we discuss with experienced and successful sales leaders what works and what doesn't in the sales profession. Join us as we tap into high-performing sales leaders and their passion for field sales. We've lined up for you some of the smartest movers and shakers in sales leadership to share their formulas for success and the tricks of the trade. Join us as we pull back the curtain, giving you actionable insights and strategies that you can use with your sales team. All right, so I'm excited about today's guest. His name is Austin Green. I I think I'm most excited about having Austin on the podcast because he is a data-driven leader, which Mary, as you and I know, we, we rarely get to interact with sales data-driven outside sales leaders. Far too commonly, they're, well, we're just relationship guys or just get out there and be in front of the customer. So um, Austin gets it that head sheets and spreadsheets are not scalable and it leads to revenue loss. So um, Austin, I know that you know um, I'm a big fan. Thank you for coming to join us. And I'm excited to have you on the podcast today. Yeah, appreciate that, JT. Thank you. Yeah, I, uh, I think everybody knows if you have any conversations with me for very long about outside sales, inevitably, uh, Joe McDonald comes up of Jasper Engines. Um, so um, I'm excited to see how you, uh, you lead this conversation with us as well, because I didn't introduce your title. Um, Austin Green, RVP for Jasper Engines and Transmissions out of Arizona. So again, thanks for joining us and we can, we can dive in. Thanks. Yep. All right. Mary, you want to kick us off? Yes, for sure. So Austin, super excited to have you here. Um, let's just start, you know, warming everybody up. Like tell us how you got into sales. These are always our favorite stories. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we're an engine and transmission remanufacturer. Uh, my father ran a transmission shop in Southern Indiana Indiana's where Jasper's based out of, uh, and I was working at, I was just working the front counter at, at my dad's shop, and the local sales rep came in, and uh, I was looking for a change, and he recommended, hey, Jasper's got a great sales training program, so I spent, basically, a, you know, I, I started in the phone sales, the inside sales for us, uh, and, you know, we kind of have like a an intern program, which takes younger guys and, you know, introduce them to not only our company, but also our sales process and all that. And so I spent about a year, almost a year and a half up in Jasper, Indiana. And uh, once I wrapped that up, I went out to, you know, to be an outside sales rep in, in uh, Atlanta, basically. Uh, so that was kind of my, my intro getting into, into not only into sales, but also with Jasper engines. So your, your first role as a rep was in Atlanta? Was it yeah? Was Atlanta in Eastern Georgia? I uh, was there for about five years. Uh, then I moved up to North Carolina in your neck of the woods, JT. Uh, was up there for about a year to kind of help uh, help that help the team up up there. Uh, and then this opportunity came out here out west, and so now I cover from basically Texas and Oklahoma all the way west to to LA uh, in my role now. Okay, so uh, that, that's actually a good transition. Your role now, walk us through um, number of reps and, and what you're ultimately responsible for. Yeah, so I have nine branches that span the, the Southwest. Um, I have seven managers that lead those nine branches and have 28 
you know, reps, including the managers, because our, our managers all have uh, a sales territory of their own. Uh, so 28 people across however many, nine branches, what, seven, eight states. Tell us a little bit about like what you're responsible for, Austin, as far as like those nine branches and 28 reps go. Like, are you responsible for all of them? Do you are you do you have like middle managers right underneath you and then the reps are underneath that? Like, how does that process work? Yeah, so we're, we're a pretty flat organization. So Joe, as you mentioned, he's our our vice president of sales. Uh, so that's who I report to. There's five regional managers. Uh, then we have 50 branches, which is probably 40 or so reps at that level uh, or managers at that level. And then we have our reps. So really, it's a, it's a pretty flat organization, not a lot of middle management tiers. Uh, so just the, you know, like I said, for, for me, it's it's my seven guys that that report to me, and then they each have two to five reps under them, just depending on the the branch size and, and area. Uh, so my kind of day to day is, you know, I'm in the field with like about half half the month. I'm in the field with my reps, uh, and that could be you know a brand new rep helping them learn the process. That could be with the manager working on some, you know, how how they can help their their younger reps, younger and tenure reps. You know, so that's that's kind of my my day to day is half the time in the field working directly, you know, with with the reps or the managers calling on shops or, or working on on where where we need to take the branch going forward. Uh, and then the other half is, you know, working with, you know, products like your guys's, uh, you know, helping to, to coach that, you know, put that put that, uh, um, you know, the analytical side of 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 MMC and the other products that we use. Um, so that's, that's kind of my, my day to day is split 50, 50 between actually doing the, the sales job, which, you know, is, is kind of the, the more fun part of the job interacting with customers uh, and then, you know, being stuck behind a desk and answering phone calls and emails. So. It's... So let, let's dive into the ride along scenario. Yep. Uh, and it's, I would say in my experience and in my conversations lately, there's a trend of, of sales leadership at the VP level where they're not actively doing nearly the frequency of ride-alongs that they used to. So um, how do you determine who you're going to ride with and when? Let's start there. So who I ride with and when. So, you know, like I said, I have nine branches. Um, so I kind of hit each of those branches once a quarter. So that kind of makes it easy for me. Uh, you know, three branches a month. Um, you know, that that's kind of my, you know, I don't, I have some larger branches that I'm not able to hit all the reps in that branch when I, when I come to town. Um, but uh, yeah, we definitely, all of our, all of our branch managers have their own sales territory and we've done that for a reason. You know, if, if your manager's telling you, Hey, do X, Y, Z, and you're saying, but boss, you don't, you know, it's different now. You don't know. You don't understand. Uh, I mean, our, our our branch managers are actually doing the same job they're doing. Not as you know, they're not full time because they're also the, the manager. But most of their job is doing the same job as their reps. Uh, and then the same thing at my level. Want to make sure I'm not you know harping on them. Hey, back in my day, you know this this is what worked. No, I'm I'm in the field, not as much as they are, but um, you know, ten to twelve days days a month, I'm I'm right there with them. So I love that. And honestly, we, I, I feel like we need to, to level set with the listeners right now because process at Jasper is is a well-oiled 
machine. So, um, and the funny thing is, is what, what I didn't know is that um, you had a process of the nine branches and visiting three a month, which should come to no surprise for me. I don't know why I was surprised with that. Will you, um, at a high level, if I say 12, six and four, will you define what that is, that process is um, for the listeners and how you approach the accounts? Yeah. So the way, the way a, just a standard rep goes into the field, you know, we want them to thoroughly canvas their territory. You know, there's, I don't want them to look at the book of business and start calling on that book of business immediately. You know, there's a reason the rep before them isn't there, right? Um, <laughs> if, if they were doing such a great job, they probably wouldn't be an open territory. So, you know, we don't give them that book of business up front and say, hey, call on these, you know, 200 customers because they're doing business with us. And quite frankly, a customer that's doing, you know, getting one or two engines or transmissions from us a month knows a heck of a lot more about our product and our processes than a, you know, one or two month sales rep in the field, right? So our, our process all drives from thoroughly canvassing their territory. Uh, you know, we give, Depending on the area, you know, we, we tend to do it around a, a set population. Um, now that there's flux in there, obviously, but, you know, so back in, you know, in North Carolina, the territories are much smaller. You know, we have more concentrated population. I mean, for me, New Mexico, I have one rep that covers darn near the whole state, right? So it's, it's a tough, it's a tough, um, you know, there is no set sales rep. There is no set territory for us. Uh, but the main thing we want them to do is is knock on every door that's got a bay door that looks like they work on on vehicles, you know, whether that's a, a garage owned by, you know, Joe's Automotive uh, or whether that's, you know, a corporate, you know, franchise uh, or whether that's a fleet that, you know, the, somebody's running, you know, 200 or 2000 vehicles uh, and they may or may not do their repairs in house. So we just want them to thoroughly canvas their territory. And what that's going to do is them gauge the potential of each of these customers. And so getting back to the 12, 6, and 4, essentially that's a fancy way to say how often do you want to see this customer? Is it once, once you know, 12 times a year, which is where the 12 comes from, you know, uh, the 6 every other month, 6 times a year, or 4, which is, you know, quarterly. And so we, we achieve that by, you know, again, the canvassing, thoroughly qualifying these customers and we're not always we're not always told the truth right you know a customer may tell you no i don't do any engines but you see you know there's things we look for in shops that you know we know when when that kind of of work is being done and when it's not that's again something new reps just have to have to grow into and, and learn um but yeah essentially essentially i want i want a new rep in this company to determine who they're calling on, not look at, you know, hey, the last rep called on these people, so I'm going to too. You know, that's not a good a, a good recipe for for growing your business going forward. One of the things that I always appreciated with my conversations with Joe and learning the Jasper way, a you guys hire very tough. You hire very very specifically to not only skill sets but culture. So. And I say that I don't think we need to dive in deep there. Um, so you're, you're hiring for the right team member, but I love the Jasper way and like the long game. So what you didn't say is, is we use the data to drive the fastest amount of revenue for the rep right out of the gate. 
No, you're making a new rep canvas the entire territory and requalify accounts because the prior rep was not um, successful for one reason or another. Um, and I just like the long game in qualifying that. Again, the, the, the high volume customers that we have, the existing customers, you know, we've been in business for this is our 81st going on 82nd year. Um, so most people in the automotive industry know who we are. So it's not we're not we're not launching a new product. We're not. I mean, we do launch new products, but we're not we're not unknown to the industry. Um, and so most of these customers, whether they have, you know, my phone number from, you know, me reaching out to them, you know, years prior or the manager of that branch. So that's why the, the, the brand new rep, you know, we're just not going to say, hey, call on these, you know, these shops or these fleets. Um, so I, I want them to, to make their own decision. And then they also have more buy in. You know, they they have a reason for calling on that customer. Hey, they're doing, you know, they're doing two engines a, a month. You know, I got great potential here. Now, whether they're buying that from us or, or else, you know, elsewhere, that's that's for them to determine and for them to help change those habits. Yeah, let let, let me dive in slightly with the 12 sixes and fours and um, give, give me a ballpark again, number of accounts that a, a Jasper OSR might be responsible for. So we have 200 main customers that we're calling on, you know, that are 12s and 6s the every month every other month. That's it's kind of our main book of business. Um and then we have around 300 or so of those fours and those aren't all touched by a, a rep stop and in there some of that's yep. you know an email blast calling, you know. So that's those we treat those a, a little different cuz they're more either up and coming customers or hey they haven't bought in a while but it's good to keep a keep a, a pulse on them. Uh, but there's 200 customers that, that were, you know, is our main book of business and where we're trying to drive the most revenue. Um, so, and then as far as the, the 12s, you know, one thing MMC has been great for us is you guys do have the, the cadence, right? So um, we set, we set our cadences, you know, we basically, you know, we basically set up two different groups, um, you know, and, and the 12s, the cadence is every 30 days and the sixes is actually a little less than that because of how the weeks fall. But essentially it's, you know, every 30 days, those, you know, those come back up in front of my reps. They're not having to decide, who, oh, who do I call on this week? No, it's bingo. Here we go. Um, you know, it pops up right in front of them. They hit pins over cadence and they're not making that decision every month, uh, which has really made it, you know, makes it easier from a manager's perspective. Hey, you know, you had, you're supposed to hit 25 of those 112s this, this, uh, this week, but you only hit 13, you know, what's going on. So that's, that's where we can use what, you know, the tools that we have and what uh, some of the data that we're able to get from MMC. Um, and I can see if, you know, one, one thing that I really like is the, the pin, like the, the days over cadence. And so um, this, it, it's kind of eye opening. We have some of our, some really good reps, uh, and you look at you know the the frequency twelves, the ones they want to see every month that haven't been seen in you know over a hundred days, and we have some that you know you look at and you go, hey Jim, you've not been in there in you know three hundred and twenty days. <laughs> you, you, you 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 claim there's potential there, right? So why are you not visiting this customer? No. Um, so that's that's what's kind of that's what's been really nice about. Uh, you know, using your guys' tools there on the on the cadences. 
Look, I, I want to quantify this even deeper for, for the, the sales leaders listening. Um, we run into all the time of sales leaders saying, ah, it's big brother. We don't, we want to let them kind of own their own book of business and figure out where they should go and who they should see. Um, I love the Jasper way because it's, it's not about big brother. It's about, this is Novocaine. Give it time. It's going to work every time. So, um, like the, the 12s, I don't, I don't know whether the, the listeners caught this earlier. Each rep might have between 200 and 300 accounts that they should see every month or every other month. And so the Jasper way is, remind me the numbers again. It's, is it 13 good calls a day? Is that the yeah, expectation? That is the expectation, yes. Okay, so 13 good calls. The process is a good call is quantified as... Talking, basically, you're in front of a decision maker, you know, so it's not, I walked in, you know, and the gatekeeper said, nope, you know, Susie's not in today, sorry. Uh, you know, that, that's, yeah, you went there, great, but <laughs> you, you didn't talk to a decision maker, so that's not a good call. Um, you know, and, and the way we do it in your guys' system is, you know, we got meetings or visits, and so we kind of quantify that as a visit is, yeah, you were there, you know, hey, you, <laughs> cool. <laughs> You may have gotten a contact. I mean, so you still can get some information there, right? Um, but, you know, so a typical day is probably going to be, you know, 14 to 15 visits in total with 12 to 13 of those being, you know, good calls or meetings for us. That's uh, kind of where our most of our reps fall. Yeah, I, reason I, I put some such an emphasis on that is, we, Austin, you probably know this, but we deal with a lot of sales leaders that are like, oh, our reps struggle to do four or five visits a day. I, I did a ride along literally yesterday with a company that serves car dealerships. There's like 60,000 car dealerships in the United States alone. This one particular rep has a set account base of 79 only in North Carolina. And they have this, this poor outside sales rep visiting the same 79 regardless of whether they're a good fit or not, when they're just driving by all of these other potential accounts because they think four or five visits a day is a lot. When this particular rep is inside of a car dealership for five minutes at a time. So outside sales leader, moral of the story, you're hiring outside sales reps to educate, build relationships, nurture relationships, and be the customer engagement arm of your company get them in front of the customers is the, is and the when, fruit. you know, you, you said a five minute meeting, you know, if he was having two hour scheduled appointments, okay, fine. Yeah. Four may be the right number. Uh, you know, but for most of our reps, it's probably one or two appointments a, a day and the rest are just not cold call. I mean, some of them could be cold calls, but visiting existing customers or people they've been in before. Uh, and so most of ours are, are drop-ins, right? We're expecting to get 10 to 20 minutes of, of an owner or a service manager or a fleet manager's time. Uh, and so that's where the, the frequency and the cadence that, we're, that we have these our reps on. If you're, if you're having a, the average, you know, 15 minutes a stop, yeah, you should be making more than four calls a day. Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. One last thing. And then, Mary, I'll, I'll hand it to you for some additional questions. I, I need to make this fully clear to those listening, this is not um, ground and pound without strategy. So not only 
does Jasper go after the volume of customer engagement each day? But you guys have call plans that you hold the OSRs responsible for. It's it's not just going in there and winging it with Joe, the owner. It is, it's going in, I'm speaking specifically to Joe about this. So can you speak to the call plan aspect? Well, yeah. I mean, essentially, if I knocked on your door, let's say you ran JT's Automotive, right? So I walk in, I'm like, hey, JT, how you doing? We sell engines and transmissions. Here's a pamphlet. I'll see you next month. And the next month I come in, hey, JT, how you doing? You know, you called me on one or two. What happened? Okay, here's another flyer. This is what's on sale. You know, I'll see you next month. You'll see me for a couple times, right? But once I'm in there six, eight, 12 times, and all I say is, how you doing? Here's a flyer. What? I mean, all right, see you later, man. You know, you're just, you become a professional visitor. So we want to make sure that that our reps are bringing value. Uh, you know, we do that by by asking asking good questions. What's important to the to the customer? You know, a customer would tell you how to sell to them. Um, and and you know, I don't know if we're going to get into this, but you know, one thing I look for in a potential new hire is are they inquisitive? You know, do they do they ask? You know, we make we you mentioned how hard we are to to hire. We actually make reps, you know, potential new hires. Uh, spend a day in the field with our rep. And I mean, it's a, it's a nine hour day <laughs> unpaid. <laughs> so, I mean, we, we are demanding. Um, but what we're looking for there is, do they like the job? Do they know the job? I mean, that's, that's a big, I mean, they, they could think they want to do outside sales, but why spend the money hiring them, training them if they don't even like the job? So that's, that's step number one. But one thing I'm always looking for and asking my managers when they're doing these ride-alongs is, was the customer asking good questions? Both of the, the the person you were calling on, you know, were they engaged at all with that customer? But also, were they asking good qu- questions to the manager doing the ride-along? You know, because a, a customer will tell you how to sell to them. You know, it's, hey, what are you looking for in a vendor? You know, and then then you model your... The next time you come in with information, going back to the call plan, you're bringing what's important to that customer. Um, you know, if I never, if I said, "Hey, JT, how you doing?" You know, are you doing engines here? And you tell me, ah, sometimes I don't quantify how many that is. I don't, you know, I, I don't know what you're looking for in a vendor. If I just keep coming in and and saying, "Hey, we have engines. Hey, we have engines. Hey, we have engines," but I don't realize to you, price is most important or Delivery is most important or, you know, I don't know. I don't know the answer, you know, because I haven't asked those questions. So that's where the call plan, we're essentially able to. It's not a it's not a script per se, you know, it's but it's the bare bones. Hey, make sure you accomplish these three or four things. Ask these couple of questions to get the information you need um, and then have a conversation around that. But that's that's the plan you want to go in with to, to make sure you're bringing value to the customer, bringing them relevant information, uh, and so that they open the door next time you, you come in. That's awesome. That's awesome. I've, I've got way more, Mary, but do you want to, uh, want to add anything that I'm missing right there? No, I think you, I would just take it in a different direction. So unless, um, unless, do you want to take it in a different or can I, uh, can I ask a follow-up? I, I, let, let me add just a couple of more, like, one of the things that I love is, and, and 
you're talking about just dropping off a brochure. And I think I've heard Joe speak to this several times. Like it's any, any schlub of a rep can just go and pick up a dozen donuts and drop it off at the shop and think, Oh man, I, I won their heart over by winning over their belly. Right. Um, I think that, that not only does Jasper put an emphasis on, but you guys measure it. How many, how many actual meals am I getting an owner out of their shop to the local Mexican restaurant or whatever it is where I've got one-on-one time, not only relationship building, but where I can ask those direct questions to learn more about how Jasper can better serve that specific customer. Yeah. So tenure with the company, we, you know, we, we have different goals and expectations for different level of tenure. Um, so a brand new rep, sure. If you want to bring in, you know, donuts, breakfast sandwiches, a pizza. I mean, those are all great things, right? Um, but once you've been with us for a while, once you have those relationships with the customers, uh, yeah, I mean, getting getting a, most, most of the customers we call on, they're running a shop, they're running a small business. It's a stressful time right now. They're all slammed. So getting, getting them out of their shop or getting that service, you know, not only the owner, but service manager out of that shop, uh, the phone's not ringing. The stress, you know, they don't have that grade eight stress level. You know, they're able to drop their guard a little bit. Uh, tell you about the kids. Tell you about what you know their summer vacation. Tell you about the personal. You know, you kind of really get that personal feel when you take a customer out to lunch. Uh, so to answer your question, you know, our one thing we're pushing our reps for this year, and one thing we're we're measuring this year is three lunches a week. Now, depending on my, now that could be, that could be, you know, for a new rep, maybe a breakfast with some breakfast, you know, some McMuffins, or, you know, you come in and, you know, a pizza and maybe one, get one person out to lunch. Um, You know, for a more experienced rep, that may be all three out to lunch. So it just, you know, we have that, that goal of three, uh, but depending on that's, you know, where, you know, where the management piece comes in, you know, hey. This rep, I expect X, Y, Z. This rep, I expect you know more or less, depending on where they are with us. That that leads me to coaching. That's actually a good transition. And then um, Mary, after this, I'll I'll go go to you. Um, He's been telling you he'll go to you for a yeah, while. I have. I think it's an empty promise right now. Right. I'm really sorry. Um, one of the things that you specifically... Real, real quick, $5 on, he, he asked another question. Oh, yeah, for, for sure. There will be a follow-up. <laughs> well, if there's money on the line, I'm definitely not going to. I'm going to win that $5. Right. Um, one of the things that you are known for, Austin, is um, your thoughtful approach to actually coaching the reps as well. And I, I think the scenario that came up, and what made me think of this is you... Not all reps fall into this cookie cutter box, which is the way that you just described that. Like a new rep has these expectations. A tenured rep has these expectations. Yep. Um, and one of the stories that I really like is you having the ability to see what did JT the rep speak with to Eddie Wilson at Wilson Automotive. Um, and I think you are providing direct feedback of like direct questions, get direct answers. And you were leveraging Matt, my customers, to be able to easily see what did JT speak to Eddie about, what did they cover, what I did or did not uncover in that meeting. And before I let you speak to that, I compare it to, um, gosh, so 
so many outside sales teams out there that operate with notebooks. They operate with the the daily recap email of who I spoke with and who did I visit. Um, Maybe you've got a Google Sheet. Maybe it's just a phone call with my manager on my way home before I pull in the driveway. And none of that is scalable. So speak to the direct questions, get direct answers, and how you coach your team from the data. So we used to, in our, we had an in-house CRM for years that worked great, um, but due to some technical limitations, that's you know why we why we came to to MMC. Uh, and so what we used to do, and when we first rolled out MMC, is we do what we call ten calls. And so from my level, I again with the you know trying to hit all my reps every quarter in person, but I also just take a day throw darts, you know, what do I see? So I, I review 10 calls for each rep once a quarter. And when we used to do this, hey, Jim, you know, I was looking at, you know, March 15th, blah, 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 have a couple questions. And then I wrote my notes on a spreadsheet that the rep never saw. The rep never, you know, they may or may not remember, you know, what I what I spoke to them about. And again, it's once every three months. And so, you know, it how effective is it? I mean, it was, it was good to have those conversations, but, you know, the next time they went into that shop, which could have been a month, two months, three months later, they're not going to remember what I said, right? And so one thing that, that we've really enjoyed about MMC is you can, you can have some customizable activities. And so we have an activity called coaching tips. And what that, allow, what that allows us to do is do the exact same process we were doing before with our 10 calls. Um, but instead, next time Jim walks into that account, because we put that activity on that actual account, it's the first thing they, it's the first note they see because it's the most recent note. And if I said, hey, next time get this guy signed up for XYZ program, or hey, why haven't, you know, why don't they purchase installation kits uh, or what, whatever the case may be, um, you know, I can put those coaching tips directly on that account staring them in the face the next time they walk in there. So that's, I don't know if that answered the question, but that's, uh, that's how we, you know, one way we utilize those coaching tips. It did answer the question and I am not allowed to ask another question. (laughs) Thank you. No, this is awesome. Like Austin, this has been such a great conversation. Um, One of the things I also love and respect about Jasper is like, you guys are not bound by a lot of technology. Like you guys don't force a lot of technology or software onto your reps. You guys pretty much just use map my customers and big tin can, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Based, so like I said, we had, a, we had an old in-house system that had our media, had our CRM all kind of built into one. And so now we rely on two different you know, technologies there. Um, but yeah, big tin cans are our media piece and um, yeah, that's, those are the two main technologies we leverage. For, for the listening audience, share what you you do with them. They're an awesome company. It's a great piece of technology. Will you share that? It's it's valuable. You need to look at it. Yeah. So so one of the you know we measure things like how many calls they made, how many lunches. You know, those are two of the things we measure. But the other thing we want our reps doing is sharing a presentation with around half the shops they visited that day. So it's not something we want every single time, uh, but we want to make sure they're conveying the value of Jasper, our value proposition and all that. And so 
we used to use, like I said, our we would we would, we would send the media to the rep, and then they'd have to download it, and then it was in PowerPoint, and then five years later, they're still using a presentation that we've changed, you know, ten processes since then, and you know they're telling a customer we're still using X Y Z part when we're not, um, and that can lead to obviously some some frustrations and some issues, uh, but we didn't have any better better solution there, so. Big Ten can they've been they've been awesome um, and basically everything's hosted within their app it's on the device so there's no downloading speed which is which is one of the big selling points to us but if Jason's our our marketing director when he updates that piece of literature content PowerPoint video the next time they get on Wi-Fi it's updated on their device um, so that's we're able to keep relevant information in their hands without them having to sync anything. Uh, and then we, you know, the other, the other piece that, so that was the main piece that, that um, we got from them. But the second piece that we weren't expecting is the, they can, we can share the content with a, with a prospective customer. Uh, and then we get real time data on, did they open it? How long did they look at it? Did they forward it? I had a great example with one of my reps in Texas last week where he saw that the the garage emailed the presentation to an end user and said, hey, Miss so-and-so, you know, this is why we use, take, take a look at this presentation. This is why we only recommend Jasper when doing a transmission replacement. And um, so. When you say end user, that's like the JT Rimby family for my Camry when I need the new transmission. If you're at Wilson's garage, yes. So he, so Wilson emailed it to you, say, and um, so we we saw all that in real time, and then we got the sale. So that was, I mean, yeah, they've they've been a they've been a great addition as well. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that story. I love that story. I mean, that's that should be incentive enough for all the other reps to start leveraging that. And say, look, we, we encourage you to send it to your end customer to give them confidence of the Jasper engine coming into their their Ford. So the same the same way we use the MMC data, you know, basically we're we're using similar stuff on on their side. So I took I took the reps who had the, you know, we can see what percentage of of the people they sent it to open the the email, um, and so then we had training based on that. Hey guys, you're you know you're the top three reps using this product with the most success what are the best practices um and you know so we they did that a couple weeks ago you know and shared shared best practices with the whole company so that's you know that's just another way we're using some analytics from anywhere we can get them nice that's awesome um okay so you guys have evolved quite a bit you know you guys are open to changing your processes based on data um, you guys have implemented Map My Customers, even some like dashboards, reporting, big tin can. Um, you guys love all the analytics you get into both those systems. Where do you see your field team or even just Jasper as a whole going in like, you know, the next five years? Do you see anything big, big changing in the industry? I think we have a lot of, you know, industry specific to us. You know, we have quite a few we got some some good things and some and some you know headwinds uh you know through covid you couldn't get new vehicles used car values went through the roof everyone was fixing everything they had right um 
now you're starting to see interest rates are rising. Um, you know, things are getting much tighter out there. Uh, there's when you drive past a dealership. I mean, a year ago there was three vehicles on the lot. Today there's you know 200. Um, now on the flip side, the interest rates are so high that no one can you know afford them anyway. So, but you know we do have some we do have some headwinds like that. Um, so it is going to be interesting in the next five years. Um, you know, so I, I think where we're where we're seeing our business shift a little bit towards is, uh, you know, we still, mo the majority of our business goes through independent garages, you know, Joe's Automotive, um, you know, but we're seeing more and more of that business captured by the, you know, your mid-size to larger fleets, whether they're regional or just, you know, a plumbing company that's got 10, 10 trucks, because they can't, again, with these assets being so expensive uh, and replacing an engine or transmissions, cheaper than replacing a whole a whole vehicle um, so that's that is one shift that we're seeing is just kind of our, our mix of where our business is coming from is changing a little bit but you still can't replace face-to-face -face contact you know we're not going to telemarketing we're not you know we're not not changing you know the way we we've done things for years um so i don't know if that you know, that's I, great who, who knows what will happen in five years but that's that's kind of where i where i see it that's awesome. Mary, I have, I have one big final question for Austin, but do you have any, uh, any additional ones beforehand? No, that's great. Okay. We'll let, let you get one in. Yeah. We'll one in. <laughs> this is not good. I have a bad <laughs> reputation on this, on this episode. Not, not long ago, Joe did a recording for us um, where he actually led a session for additional outside sales leaders and they kind of did a, a big Q and a session with him. Um, and he, he, he ultimately highlighted that sales, sales hides all sins. And what he meant by that is you could have a mediocre sales rep in a fantastic territory at the right time. And it would appear that that sales rep is just flourishing. Like they're, oh man, this guy has a very promising career ahead. So while I level set with that first, my specific question is, how would you coach? Do I say? Do I dare say old school outside sales leaders that don't use data or don't leverage data? How would you coach or or just communicate to them to like get on board with leveraging data? Because like when I when I look at the outside sales landscape, everybody knows the the older generation or they're they're retiring, right? They, you don't know what they've done to drive this revenue. So, I mean, any coaching for the, for the folks that are like, oh, we don't micromanage our guys and we don't do big brother. They're going to wake up with a slap in the face at some point. So if you're, you're sitting around a table and you're, you're having those conversations with outside sales leaders, what, what, what advice would you, would you share? Yeah. So, you know, we've, we, for a long time, did it the way we did it because it's the way we've always done it. Right. You know, so we're kind of, we have some similar, similar um, issues as well. The the advantage of what we, with MMC and, you know, we've created some, some great dashboards to, um, to show that I can click, you know, top performer X and I can see how many customers is he actively calling on. Right. Uh, and I can see mid tier performer B, uh, what are, what are they doing? And then my low level rep, 
you know, where are they? So um, it lets you it lets you probe those. Hey, we've done it this way for you know 20 years. Okay, let's let's see. Even if even if you don't want to you know, quote unquote micromanage, at least it gives you the data to see what are they actively doing, what is the mid tier actively doing, what's the low tier not doing, most likely, um, and you know so you can kind of see you can use that to see where your true high performers are, um, and and what are they doing differently. So that actually reminded me one of the one of the ways that Joe leverages the data is if you have a low performer that is doing all the right things, perhaps it's just a timing and a territory thing. The talent is there. Yep. The, the, the motions are there. So taking that rep with those motions and talent and putting it into another territory might be the solve. Um, but, but um, in an offline conversation with Joe one time, he, he said, oftentimes if, if you're going just by revenue numbers, you might get rid of a really talented rep, not mm-hmm. knowing that, man, they were doing everything you needed them to do and more, but you couldn't measure it. Or did you know, did you lose a did you lose a a municipal account or a bid or something? So their their sales revenue may look bad, you know, one year because of, you know, something that may or may not have been within their control. Um, so yeah, no, we we look at all that stuff. Um, you know, one thing I do want to give you guys a shout out before we wrap this up. You know, you guys did have, uh, you know, one one challenge, and I don't know your guys' perspective on this, but one one thing we've asked of MMC that's probably been a pain on the backside, you know, that we don't hear about or know, is because we have all these things like frequency, you know, how often we want to see these reps and, you know, the 12.64 and a bunch of other stuff. We have a lot of custom fields in your product that weren't weren't standard issue, right? Uh, and so, because of that, you guys' reporting piece originally we thought was garbage. I mean, <laughs> no offense. It just and look. It, don't hold back. Will you please? <laughs> so what I what I mean by that is because we had so many custom fields, it just didn't it didn't account for the custom fields. And so, you know, working with Justin, working with Kim, our, our two uh, account managers, um, you know, working through them, working through UJT, um, you know, you guys came back and said, hey, try this. Um, so I love I love how responsive you guys are to us. You gave us an additional piece on the on the reporting side. And now we have all the dashboards, you know, we could ever think to, to create and, and build. Um, and so. You know, just wanted to say thank you guys for being so responsive and and continuing to add new features and make uh, uh, make my life easier. So essentially, we were we were exporting all that data. I personally was spending you know hours each month doing this this reporting. Uh, where now we get it live, and um, so just want to say thank you for that. I oh, appreciate the kind words. We love the Jasper partnership, um, and that that is a good a good note to end on. I would encourage folks that are listening, like leverage the data. Without data, you're you're not making accurate decisions. So, um, and just to be clear, it is not data just on revenue. It's what leads to revenue that actually provides the true insight. So Austin, thank you so much for joining us. Um, we're grateful, um, excited to continue to watch your career. Yeah, thank you guys very much. Thanks Austin.